how can I have that? How can I hold on to that? And then navigate not being in person for trainings anymore, but be virtual. Because it's scary. Like, mm -hmm. I don't like having my face out there. But the barrier to that was naturally broken when everyone was feeling awkward and uncertain about connecting virtually. Welcome to Education Talks. I'm David Burke. Thanks to all those people who've already subscribed to the podcast or the YouTube channel. There's a number of great guests lined up for the coming weeks, so stay tuned, subscribe and keep in touch. If you'd like to reach out to me directly, please visit my website, daveict.com. Now today's episode, Jolene Lockwood. She's a leadership consultant and coach, certified Dared to Lead facilitator, cognitive coaching agency trainer and experienced educator. She's a former teacher and I had the pleasure of working with her at my first international school. It was great to catch up with her to discuss the pathway she took in her career and her current role working outside of schools. Jolene, welcome to the program. Hi, David. It's great to see you. It's great to see you. And uh, where are you joining us from? I'm currently in the United States and I live in the state of Wyoming with my family. So it's good to be back home, but still be able to connect to the international world. So it's great to be here. It's great to have you here. Um, it's mm -hmm. worth mentioning for the audience that uh, you and I both work together at uh, Jeju, Jeju Island in South Korea. Mm -hmm. uh, that was our, both of us, our first international school experience. We arrived at the same time and our offices were right next door to each other. It was uh, mm -hmm. a lot of fun back then, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely. We had a few shenanigans going on. So it was <laughs> great to have a collaborative partner to be able to bounce ideas from then off of. Yeah. So. Thank you for and, that. No, and thank you. And uh, it's probably worth just giving an extra little plug to Jeju Island because if people mm -hmm. are not familiar with uh, where it is, it's uh, an island, pretty large island, just south of South Korea, part of South Korea. Um, a wonderful place to live. So much that you can uh, see and do. If you love the great outdoors, it is really something else. Uh, Jolene, did you get around to many of the Ole trails? Yes, um, the hiking was phenomenal. The only part to get used to is being from wide open spaces in the United States. You don't see a lot of people. So you have to just get used to the number of people on the trail with you because it is a vacation destination. They yeah. Don't they call it the little Hawaii of, of the area? The Hawaii of South Korea? Yeah, it's, yeah, um, yeah. It is a very special place. And, of course, anyone who's familiar with uh, any of the uh, Korean television shows tends to mm -hmm. feature at some point in there. And, uh, well, for me, certainly around Jeju Island, my thing was to sort of get in a car and explore somewhere, some new part of the island every every weekend, even just getting down somewhere by the water after school was a lot of fun. Um, but, uh, yeah, so certainly an opportunity for those who are interested in international schools. Oh. There's, uh, there's, what, four international schools together there in the GEC? Yes. It, um, St. Johnsbury Academy came after we started or, mm -hmm. you know, after we left Jeju. Um, yep. What was the other so one? NLCS. London. Yes. Yep. NLCS and mm -hmm. uh, Branksome Hall. Oh, as that's well as right. Career International School. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. All together, uh, when I said GEC, I mean the Global Education City. Mm -hmm. um, and um, when I think, you know, it didn't take long for it to start to transform into a city. Um, yeah. It really is uh, quite an impressive uh, development that's happening there. And, uh, yeah, if anyone ever gets the chance to go there, would certainly recommend uh, living there. It's outstanding. Um, Jolene, mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Thanks again for joining us. I wanted to uh, yeah. really focus in on the, the concept of experience uh, because mm-hmm. you're someone who has you know, been working in education for a long time, mm-hmm. um, but in particular, um, you know, not just experience uh, number of years, but uh, really f- helping people, I guess, uh, get the most out of their experiences in education through uh, reflection and uh, self-improvement. Um, so I want to go for you right back to the start mm-hmm. of your career and uh, just, just tell us a little bit first about uh, where you began. I would have to say when I really go back to when I started teaching, I was probably five. So, and my sister and I would play school and I would boss people around and I thought it was super fun. And then, so we played school almost every, every day. So from the very get go, I knew this was something that I loved to do. Then in high school, I was um, a swimmer. And so I also taught kids how to swim at the age of when I was 14, 15 years old. So get them in the pool, get them splashing around and all of a sudden they can float. And those little celebrations of those little accomplishments, they're not little because, I mean, this is a life-saving activity as well, just inspired me. I was like, it just fed my soul to serve others in this capacity. So it's taken off from there. I knew it was so what I wanted you, to do. And then you knew that's what you wanted to do. You became a teacher. Mm-hmm. Where, yeah. where did you teach? Yeah, my first teaching assignment was in Indiana. So it's a state in the United States that's more to the Midwest. Uh, quite the eye-opening experience. That's where I got my degree for teaching. And then um, taught seventh, so middle school years. And those kids are just as crazy as first graders, which is amazing. Because <laughs> it's so unpredictable. You never know what a, what a kid on hormones is going to do compared to, you know, a kid who's five or six and just not managing impulsivity. So it's mm-hmm. the same. Mm-hmm. All of us are trying to just do the best we can with what we have and navigating these, uh, you know, what it is to teach and learn. So favorite yeah. grade? First grade. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're crazy little kids, <laughs> but they're a blank slate and you can get them to do just about, they're fearless. You yes. know, if you ask them to do something, they most likely are going to do it. They, they, they are. They're just these little fearless human beings. And I love to see that when it happens for adults now in the work that I do today mm-hmm. and seeing adults also try to be a little bit more courageous and a little less fearful. Um, so try to so, bring that love of, of just experiencing life and exploring options like we used to do when we were kindergartners and first graders. Yeah. So tell us then exactly what have you been working on now? Yeah, now I've started my own business in 2019. I decided to transition from full-time work into part-time consulting work, mm-hmm. uh, trying to define like what it is, this niche that I might have. And um, so I'm now training adults in how to live a life with courage and conviction to follow the passion that maybe they've conformed to society or pressures in some way that isn't true to who they really want to be. So I help them discover what is their path? What is their purpose? And it's so exciting when someone finds that because it's been extremely fulfilling for me to feel like I'm living the life that I truly want to lead with freedom and some autonomy and new directions. 
So what was it that made you decide to do this? Why did you leave schools? Yeah, so really it was my family. Um, you know, parents are getting older. I'd like to be around them a little bit more. Being a little bit gives me the opportunity to not only continue to serve education and, and other fields, but also support my family. So it was more of a balanced life. Living internationally, it's very difficult if you have parents transitioning into retirement to, to help and support your family making that big life transition. So I wanted to be around more. Yep. And so I looked for ways to make that happen. Did, uh, when, you, when this happened, did you doubt yourself? Absolutely. I still doubt myself every day, David. Every day I go, <laughs> what in the world am I doing? <laughs> How can I choose courage over comfort? How can I still like, not be swept, in, swept away by this idea of comparison? When, you see, when I see other people being maybe more successful with their business, really impacting a system more, it's a hard thing to fight against saying, am I doing enough? Like, ah, but then I have to center myself and say, no, you're doing exactly what you wanted to do. So it helps me stay grounded and focused, even when there's uncertainty. Like if, you know, having your own business, you don't have a regular paycheck. So you have to be prepared to manage the uncertainty of that. Like, where do I get more clients? I'm terrible at sales. So <laughs> I think it should just naturally happen. I have to really focus and say, no, I need to put myself out there more, be brave. And so that's why I'm here with you too, David. There is. <laughs> Give a plug, cognitiveconsultancy.com. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's been the most interesting part of this new role? I think finding ways, um, the most interesting part, I think seeing the connection, the patterns of human behavior that happen across all fields and all domains. So whether I'm working with Wyoming Workforce Services right now, it's a government organization that helps people get back on their feet through counseling and other supportive services when they maybe had a setback of some sort. And so watching the same themes for the human capacity to live a life with purpose happen. So they just are expressed in a little bit of a different way from educators, but it's still the same. So the exciting part is seeing, you know, working with somebody that's the head of a big CEO organization, you know, and training them and dare to lead or coaching practices to, you know, counselors to just seeing the whole veterinarians, um, uh, nurses to see all across fields, everyone is struggling with the same thing. So it's not necessarily unique just to the teaching profession. So I think that's been the most interesting part is seeing so much more about how we're all connected in so many ways. Yep. Now you left schools in 2019, just prior mm -hmm. to the pandemic. Um, mm -hmm. So things got, you got started before the pandemic and how did that impact yeah, the well, good thing for me is I got to work with the Brene Brown group and was able to have a solid curriculum that's research-based and internationally known with our best-selling book to ground me in, okay, I've got the product that I need. It's already got the the bandwidth out there. People know about her. So how can I have that? How can I hold on to that and then navigate not being in person for trainings anymore, but be virtual. Cause it's scary. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. 
I don't like having my face out there. But the barrier to that was naturally broken when everyone was feeling awkward and uncertain about connecting virtually. So being in it together, feeling connected with people, I think allowed us to explore ways to connect that weren't necessarily in person. And to be honest, economically, it saved me a bunch of money. I didn't have the travel expenses. I can do everything virtually um, and really and connect with people anywhere yeah. around the world, from clients in the UK to Korea to Singapore and you in Bangkok. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's mm -hmm. makes me feel like I'm still a part of the international world, even mm -hmm. when I have to be more grounded and in one place. Yes. So um, does that make sense? No. Certainly. Um, it, it certainly has had, I guess, a, a positive impact in mm -hmm. some ways on um, a lot of people working mm -hmm. both within schools and connected to schools. Um, I wanted to ask you, you sort of touched on it before, but I wanted to ask if there's something you're working on now, right now, that mm. really excites you. Yes, I've got to mention the Wyoming Workforce Services mm -hmm. and I have a large contract with them and we're doing a hybrid approach. So back to this idea of virtual, we're doing kickoff sessions with their, with their teams across the state in person. So in a couple of weeks, I'll be there in person. We'll do a kickoff for a day and then we'll meet individually or in small groups and professional learning teams to look at what um, a daring leadership looks for them in the context of mm -hmm. where they work and the people that they work with. So it's very customized um, and also individualized. So being an educator, I love differentiation. <laughs> so this is, allows me to be take a differentiated approach and be very inclusive at the same time. Like nobody's up to side. So it's like I get to do the in-person training, but I also get to coach people through the context. So it's a really, really nice blend of things that I love. Yeah, that's the word, isn't it? Blend. I mean, we're sort mm -hmm. of blending the, um, the pre-pandemic, getting back mm -hmm. together approach with all of the things and tools that we've really extended on and, and learned using, I guess, more effectively over the last couple of years and mm -hmm. being able to leverage the best of both worlds seems to be, I think, the, the future of professional learning indeed. Um, now, Jolene, how can people get in touch with you? Yeah, great question. Uh, you can see my website is under right next to my name, cognitiveconsultancy.com. My email is jolene at cognitiveconsultancy.com. Reach out to me, schedule an appointment anytime. I'm also on Facebook and LinkedIn, and we have lots of events coming up. So if you, if you know of anybody who's interested in having some training, I'm there for you. I'll customize it. Outstanding. So, Thanks. look, Jolene, it's been great to catch up mm -hmm. and I hope we can catch up again soon in the future. That'd be great, David. It's great to see you. So thank you so much for your time. Jolene offers one-to-one -one and small group dare-to-lead trainings. Reach out to her via email, jolene at cognitiveconsultancy.com and you can work with Joe to plan a training that fits you. On the next Education Talks, a thought-provoking discussion with Dr. William E. Donald on the topic of hybrid conferences and why they're needed to maintain inclusive communities. If you'd like to reach out to me directly, please visit my website, daveict.com. See you next time on Education Talks.